Hey, I'm Crystal, a certified life coach and mom of four. In this podcast, we combine radical connection and positive parenting theories with the how-to, life coaching tools and mindset work to completely transform our relationship with our children. Join me on my journey, unleash your inner parenting expert, and become the mother you've always wanted to be. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and rate this podcast on Apple and check out my transformative monthly membership for moms in the show notes. Hi, I'm excited to bring you this episode, Self-Care and Parenting Struggles with Melva. Melva is a trained and born teacher, passionate about teaching others, young and older. She is a family coach working with families to bring and maintain a harmonious balance between all elements of life we are currently juggling. Melva is a strong-willed child turned adult who is raising strong-willed children while helping other parents understand them through her one-on-one sessions, community summits, and podcasts. Melva is enthusiastic about having the child's perspective being heard and understood without looking at it through the lens of an adult. Your child is not manipulating you. They are expressing their strong needs. Your child is not questioning your authority. They want to understand how the world works. Your child is not being defiant. They are trying to see how developed their independent skills are. Hello, Melva. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. Hey. So um, Melva and I did an Instagram live together months ago that was so good. And the conversation was so fun. And I was thinking we should have that same conversation here on the podcast because I I really loved it. And I know the people that watched it then really loved it. And I think this is just a really needed conversation. So before we dig into that, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and about what you do and also kind of what led you to doing what you do right now. I'm a mom of three. <laughs> Self-care is necessary. So this is something that led me to it because I thrive on overdrive personally. So if I am in overdrive, then I am the biggest achiever. But you know, like when you are working in overdrive, hence the name, you are doing too much. And therefore the consequences for both your mental and physical state can be visible and sometimes even for your family. So making sure that we take care of ourselves is something that I really believe is necessary in the parenting world, especially for the primary caregiver. And I am a parenting family coach. So I work with parents, but I also work with whole families that sometimes need to work a little bit on bringing harmony to their dynamic. And one of the things that I do have people asking me most about is mom feels burnt out because she feels that the whole burden of parenting and organization of the house and organization of her whole life. And then this fear of missing out and this fear of comparison to other people is just taking a huge toll on her. So very often working with with parents and in this case with the main caregiver, which in my case predominantly are moms, they come and say, "I, I can't take it anymore. I can't be that person perfect mom anymore. And so this is where I bring support to, to the families. I love that. Tell us a little bit about your educational background and how you kind of got to do what you do right now. Like what drove you to decide to be a parent family coach? 
well, I'm a strong-willed child turned adult, and I was the first, and my mom was a very young mom. She had me at 17, so you can only imagine how difficult of a child I was. Everything was my way or the highway, and I would fight tooth and nail. Um, and that kind of overflowed to me being the quote-unquote boss in the um, playground and me being the mm -hmm. boss at school and me trying to organize things because, of course, I knew it better. And then adults had a different concept of what I should be doing. And I didn't really like to conform to any of those rules, which for me told me, why don't parents or caregivers or teachers, why can't they understand me? Like, what is wrong with them? Of course, nothing was wrong with me at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I started <laughs> studying um, psychology. Then I started studying pedagogy, which is the science of teaching. And I started studying sociology. So how does science of learning and teaching and psychology work in the social setting? That's what sociology all is all about. And then I went into counseling. I have a master's in counseling. And then I mm -hmm. realized that um, all of the things that I've been doing are very much needed in the corporate world as well. So my main focus when it came comes to earning money a few years ago was being a corporate trainer. So I would go into corporations and I would teach them communication and uh, being assertive and managing and project management because I also have my postgraduate degree in project management. And very often I ended up with people asking me, well, how do I use this at home? How do I use this at home? And every, mm -hmm. every time I did anything, people would never open up about their work-related problems because a boss can never say that he's wrong. A boss can never say that he has problems with, uh, let's say, um, with unassertiveness, but he's really willing to say, I don't know how to say no to my little girl, or I don't know how to say no to my, my wife or my friend. And so people would open up during those training sessions about their private life. And I found myself giving people constantly advice and, and um, tips that they could use in their private life. And so I, I found myself in this, under this umbrella of Whatever your company is spending thousands and thousands of dollars on training you, that knowledge is not only implementable in your corporation, but it's also implementable at home if you change the words, maybe even change the tone, and see that your children might require the same respect that you give to your boss or that you give mm -hmm. to your peers. Because very often, we're so quick as parents to say, how many times did I tell you not to forget your umbrella when it's raining? But when your colleague forgot their umbrella, you'd never talk to them with such a tone. Mm -hmm. You'd say, "Ha, ah, Johnny, you forgot your umbrella again. Here you go. And you would just hand that umbrella to them. And so I started working with, with, with both people, taking my degrees from both um, in the corporate world as well as the parenting world, helping parents. And because I too, like I mentioned before, I'm a strong-willed child and I have strong-willed children, especially sensitive um, strong-willed children, which means mm -hmm. that 80% of the parenting advice that is commonly available doesn't work with them. Training <laughs> yep. doesn't work with them. Um, being a dictator doesn't work with them. And I find that when I cracked the code of the strong-willedness in them, not cracking them, but cracking the code of how to communicate with them, then life is, it's easy. Like 
and and it's boring. And I'm sorry to say, but like the only excitement that we have is if we create it. There are no tantrums. Mm-hmm. There are no hissy fits. There are no teenage slamming doors. Like we just came back from a holiday with my husband and I'm like, this was a boring holiday. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I didn't even, I wasn't even mad at you. Like, can we do something? So I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, you didn't kiss me enough. You know, so we start, we laugh because if we're able to communicate with each other and get our needs met and our wants met and understand where we just, our, our need is less important than the need of, let's say a baby right now, it's in the middle of the night. If we understand all of that, then I believe that life can be so, so smooth sailing, mm-hmm. but you need to put the effort in learning and know we are not know-it-alls the moment we welcome a baby into our life, which is technically something that is expected from parents. Um, and this is something that I'm fighting with uh, for everyone not to feel inadequate as a parent mm-hmm. because they don't have all the answers the moment the baby is welcomed into their life. Yeah. And we don't need all those answers. I was just recording an interview the other day with someone and this is exactly what we were talking about. Like we don't, we don't have to just like, as soon as our baby's born, have all the answers, we can figure that out and tap into, into that intuitive power that we have. Um, so that's such an interesting story. I love your, I love your analogy of the umbrella because I really think that it is totally different sometimes how we, you know, might maybe treat our friends or employees or coworkers versus how we treat our family members. And so I love that you were able to help them kind of take those skills and use them at home as well. And, um, so now you're not um, working in the corporate world anymore, right now you just work with families. I work predominantly with families. Sometimes mm-hmm. my big corporate clients, they're like, come on, just, 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 just one mm-hmm. <laughs> training session. So once in a while I go in there, but, um, this is not my main focus. Okay. I love that. And what age are your children? You said you have three of them. My, my personal children. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my personal children are a 12, seven and five currently. Okay. Awesome. All right. So um, let's dig into what we wanted to chat about today, which was, which is self-care, which you already kind of brought up in the beginning. Um, so I'm curious about what, how you notice that lack of self-care, choosing not to work on ourselves, or maybe feeling like we don't have the time or don't have the money to, to take care of us affects people's parenting and what you've seen, um, uh, with your clients. Well, there are so many things I can say on this and please cut me off if I go into too long of a monologue. But <laughs> generally speaking, people associate self-care with being selfish. And this is the first mind, mindset uh, shift that we need to make. Mm-hmm. You're not selfish when you need to go pee. You're not. You're not selfish when you need to drink a cup of water. You're not selfish when you need to get some food into your system. You're not selfish if you want to put on some mascara. You're not selfish if you want to read a book. You're not selfish if you want to binge watch. Okay. So all of these things are not a sign of selfishness. And yes, if you're going to pee all day being locked up in the bathroom or drink water all night and binge watch all weekend and all week long, that can be considered selfish. We're talking about moderation in everything that we do. And no matter how wonderful this red velvet cake is that you have in front of you, if you attempt to eat a whole three-tier cake at once, it's not going to be a pleasurable experience. And so what I'm trying to teach the people that I work with, and especially the moms, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's the moms that feel this innate burden of parenthood. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have the whole cake. 
just take a slice. And if all you need is just one bite and let it melt in your mouth, then that's all you're going to have. And this is the cake is just an analogy. I'm not saying go and spend thousands of dollars on a you know week getaway with your girlfriends and have mm-hmm. spa sessions all day. I'm talking about put your kids in the bubble bath. You sit on the floor while watching them. Take off the nail polish off your toes. Do your magic pedicure for 15 minutes while they're playing. This is enough. This is the bite of red velvet cake self-care that I'm talking about. So there's this misconception of I need to have it all or Mm -hmm. I don't have anything. And then, so I need to have a lot of money. I need to have a lot of time. I don't have babysitters. I'll give you a fun, fun fact. My child is 12 years old. And my eldest child is 12 years old. And as we speak, he has not been away from me for more than three nights in total throughout his whole life, apart from one time a year where he goes on a camp. So he goes on a sailing camp. All the time my kids are with me. Mm-hmm. My middle child and my younger child have never been away on a sleepover. So I'm not saying that I'm stopping them. We just don't have those possibilities. So when someone tells me, I don't know how to take care of my child or myself mm-hmm. because I need to take care of my child. I don't have help. Neither do I. But I'm a girly girl. My nails are always done. My, my hair is always done. Not because I have loads of time, but because it, I make it fun for my kids. And that's what I advise people to do with their kids as well. Well, you show me how you take care of your stuffed animal while mommy does her makeup. Or why don't you maybe do your own nails while mommy does her, her nails too? Or how about you brush mommy's hair while we do other things. So there are so many things you can do to implement self-care in your life by weaving it into taking care of your children as well. So at least you feel good about yourself because very often we feel that um, if we put ourselves in the sacrifice mode, I need to sacrifice everything. I can't even take a shower because I need my children will need me then this is short-lived. Like there's only so much you can give without you losing your mind. And then on the other hand, the more yelling and the more blood boiling experiences you have in your house is a definite sign of there's not much that you can give anymore because your Mm -hmm. pitcher of water is just empty and you're running on empty. Listen, if your car can't run on empty and it will just shut down, so will your body, either physically or your mental state. And then you won't enjoy parent parenting, which yeah. is a shame because parenting is amazing. It is the hardest job, but it's the most rewarding one emotionally if you put your heart in it, but not necessarily your all in it. Yeah, I love that. I am. Um, I remember hearing a conference a while ago, and they were talking about. Um, I don't. I don't think he used the term self care, but he was kind of talking about the things that we do to fill ourselves up. And so he did use this analogy of like a big, huge vat. And he said, you know, we don't always have to be putting in like giant scoopfuls. We can be putting in like small little teaspoons. And so like a small little teaspoon would just be like a deep breath, or like going outside and getting fresh air, or like what you said, having a shower, or you know, there's just tiny little things that we can do throughout the day that are those tiny little scoops. It doesn't always have to be big scoops. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we do get that weekend away or we sometimes, you know, get to go on a lovely trip or an evening out. Um, And also what I've noticed 
is that when I have these conversations with people that say like what you're saying, like, I don't have time, I can't take care of myself. And I always tell people like, you don't not have time. Like it's going to burn you so much out that you're not going to be able to parent in the way that you want. And it'll actually take more time to do all of those day-to-day things that you're doing when you're doing them from that state. And so um, one of the things we do is we block ourselves from ideas. When we tell ourselves that there's no way that we can take time for self-care, then we just immediately you know, pull down the curtain of any ideas that might come up. And so you've been able to find all these wonderful ideas about how to weave it into your parenting and to still kind of be with your children while still taking care of yourself. And I'm sure there's things you do on your own without them as well um, throughout that. And the, all of those ideas came from believing like, oh, maybe, maybe this is possible for me too. And so for anyone that's listening, just give yourself the idea of like, maybe it is possible. How could I figure this out? If it was possible, what are some ideas that could come to me and just brainstorm and see what happens for you. Um, so let's move on to different types of self-care then. So I'm curious for you, what things have helped maybe you with self-care or what you've noticed with your clients has really helped, um, improve their parenting specifically. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people, um, are, let's say one path driven. I love reading. I'm just going to read or I want to run a marathon. This is the only thing that I'm going to, I'm going to train to run this marathon. And, or there's this project at work. I really need to devote all my time into this project at work. Even say, uh, spend overtime at work in order to devote the, you know, everything I have to this project. However, if they apply the same mindset to parenting, there's a problem because when are you running that marathon? When does that project launch? When does that book finish? Okay. With parenting, there's no end date. Mm-hmm. Like what is the end date? Their next birthday or the moment yeah. they move out? Does that mean that they stop being your children? Is it the moment they go to school? No, there's no end date. So although you're trying to put in your all, you don't have that. Whew, all right. The launch happened. I'm going to get rewards financial or just pleasure with all of this happy hormones because I did it. Now I can relax. With parenting, even if you're going on holiday and if you're going on with kids, like it's just a different place where you take care of your kids. They still need to have a diaper changed or be Mm -hmm. entertained or have food in their system. So there is no end date. And yes, a date here or there, especially with young moms is possible, but then you fight with mom guilt. Oh my goodness, my baby, I miss them so much. And so again, we're always in our head. So what I'm trying to tell people is that there is no end date with parenting. So you can't give it your all. And this is not me saying, don't put all of the effort in there. I'm just telling you that it can't be at the cost of everything else, your self-care included, because Mm -hmm. you're just going to drive yourself to the ground and then you'll be frustrated, like I said. Um, We are not able to access the rational part of our brain, the adventure part of our brain, the happy part of our brain, the uh, part of our brain where we think logically but plan for the future. If we're always stuck in the survival mode, I'm fighting for my yes. life. Or I just need to run away. Like, mm-hmm. if this is what you're doing, you're fighting for your life. You're, well, my brother, this is his analogies. So, if you're paddling in a 
swamp. He used a different word that also starts with S-H or with S. Um, <laughs> but if you're paddling in a swamp and you're just trying to keep afloat to take that one breath mm-hmm. and this is your parenting reality, okay, something's wrong. This is not what parenting is all about. I always say you can be whatever you want in your life and you can have many passions, many goals, many even hats you can wear at work and at home, but never all at the same time. So if I want to be the perfect cleaning lady and make sure that my house is spotless clean, that doesn't mean I'm able to produce a five-course meal and a dessert for my children because I physically don't have the time. If I want to be a perfect date for my husband with, you know, little curl hair and a super cute dress and go out and have dinner just one-on-one, then at that same time, I can't be a quote-unquote perfect mom reading books and doing arts and crafts with my children. I Mm -hmm. can't duplicate myself. So when I say you can be whatever you want to be, try to put your heart into whatever you're doing. But if you if you don't understand that all of that can't be done at the same time, but there needs to be prioritization or differentiation in the things that you do, then it's going to be a difficult mindset for you if you don't understand that concept. Okay. Let me Mm -hmm. rephrase that in case I, I lost my train of thought. If you want to eat dinner, you can't eat dessert at the same time with the two um, forks yeah. in your mouth. If you want to be drinking, you can't be eating cake, eating lasagna, and drinking at the same time. If you want to be eating cake, eating dinner, drinking, and talking at the, the same time, it's just not possible. You won't be able to enjoy any of those things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. However, spacing yourself out, eat your lasagna between bites, put your fork down and have a conversation, eat your dessert small slice of the red velvet cake, drink your wine or your glass of water, whatever you choose, and have a conversation in the meantime, but first swallow. You did it everything, but not at the same time. So that's the same thing with self-care. Yeah. I was just talking to a client who was feeling like she was, you know, feeling guilty when she was doing things on her own and feeling like she was spending too much time on her own. But then when she's, you know, with her kids feeling burnt out and overwhelmed and whatever. And so what we talked about was like the time that you're spending on you, if you're allowing it to really nourish you and rejuvenate you, and you're really focusing on it, like what you said, like, I'm just going to be here eating my dinner. I'm not going to be thinking about all of the other things back home that I need to deal with later. When you're just focusing on that, then it actually helps you enjoy your parenting, enjoy your dinner, right? Enjoy the other portion of it when you're focusing on that as well. And I think do it better. The parents that I see that, um, um, and I don't mean better as in like, I'm a better mom than you, but better as in like you and you're enjoying it more. Like you're able to handle those things, um, um, in a more whole way is because motherhood isn't our only identity. It's not the only thing that drives us. There's so many other things going on. And when we can allow ourselves to be rejuvenated and refreshed through self-care, we're able to do the whole motherhood thing in the way that we want to so much so much more of the time. It's not like you're never going to yell or never going to feel stressed or your life's just going to be rainbows and daisies all the time. Um, but you'll be able to handle that. When it, when it does get difficult, you'll be able to handle those moments if you're if you're filled up, like what you said, your gas tank is full. Right. Um, so what does self-care really look like? Like in a, in an application mode, let's go to like, okay, so for a mom, um, during the day she has, you know, kids that are running around. 
what would she do throughout the week to um, take the time? What would that look like? How can she get started? Depends. Like, I I don't know what you like for dinner. You don't know what I I like for dinner. So the first Mm -hmm. question is, ask yourself, what do you want? And there's a difference between what do you want and what do you need? Okay. Very often parents confuse that. What I mean by that is, well, I want to kind of go for a spa weekend. Okay. Do you need that? Well, no. Then what do you need? Well, I just want to look good like I used to in the past. I'm like, well, okay. If this is what you want to do because you used to have manicured fingernails and a cute outfit and you would fit in that outfit and now you're scared because you don't fit in that outfit and your nails are not done, but this is what you still want, then what I'm trying to say is that you don't need the spa to achieve all of that because Mm -hmm. maybe you just don't have the finances because now kids cost a lot of money. Like in the past, you invested that money for yourself and now you can't. And -hmm. that's possible too. So I still want my manicured fingers, but I can't go to the spa. Can I do it by myself? Or can I have a date night with my friend? Can she come and do my nails? Right? Find a cheaper option. Mm -hmm. If I want to fit into that cute outfit, then what can I do? If I want a cute outfit, why not buy another one? A one one that is a size bigger that's that fits your curvaceous, amazing body that gave birth to a child. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because as a breastfeeding mom, like wow, I've never had curves bigger than at breastfeeding, and I love them. But did I fit in my size six shirt? No. And thank goodness, because I would not have been able to feed my children, right? Mm-hmm. So because my that's how my body worked. So If it means buy yourself a different outfit that is cute, that you feel good in, then that's it. Don't try to squeeze yourself into an old outfit because it is not for you. It does not serve you. If you want to, let's say going back to this appearance, I don't know why I'm sticking to that, but if you want to look cute and you think, well, that the only thing that I can do is I need exercise, I need to have a private trainer and I need to go to the gym, but that's just not possible. So I give up, I'm not gonna do anything. Well, how about your kids jump in the stroller and you walk with them? Or how about your kids ride on their rollerblades and so do you? How about you guys go on a bike ride together and then ask your husband, you know, or your partner, how about you take the kids the short way and I'll just go by myself the long way home? Like try to work with what you want as in the present and the goal. So now I want this and the goal is, and try to kind of weave that into your everyday life. So for me, I feel best when nothing hurts me. And I have a very, because being a a strong-willed child, I'm also a sensitive one. So even um, like the seams of a shirt can hurt me to the extent that I'm scratching my skin and I'm creating um, wounds. So I can't have anything like that. And then if my, for example, if I have calluses on my feet or if I have something stuck in my eye and it's bothering me, I'm just going to do more harm to my body than changing that shirt or changing those um, socks or having a pedicure done by myself. And if I know that nothing is bothering me, then I can be so much better as a parent. And not necessarily I need to be a good mom, but better as a parent in the sense I feel better parenting Mm -hmm. my kids because then they know I'm having fun with them. So a lot of the times, uh, parents, when they spend time with their kids, they're later... Um, a little bit stressed because the kids are saying, well, can't you play with me longer? Mommy longer, daddy longer. Oh, come on. 
Why? Why is that? Why are the kids like they never get enough? Well, yeah, because you were just having fun. You were the better parent at that time because you were giving them your smile. You were giving them your jokes. You were giving them your attention instead of being a schedule pusher. Come on, put your shoes on. We got to go to the car. We got to do this. We got to do that. That's no fun, neither for them nor for you. So your kids are going to want to tap into when you're a better person because you're happy with yourself. So imagine you being able to take care of yourself and then with that filled cup of happiness, you go and share that with your children and they're like, wow, mom, I like you better this way rather than screaming or yelling or wow, dad, I like you better when you're spending time with me as opposed to being frustrated that the garden is not mowed, whatever the case may be. So remember when when both Crystal and I, when we say the word better, we don't mean, mean, mean that you need to improve everything and be perfect, quote unquote, but we mm-hmm. want you to enjoy it and be better with yourself while sharing yourself with others. Yeah. And I like what you said about how your kids will even notice that, right? So that then they're not going to be so upset over time about your self-care. So one thing that I do, and I've done this our entire marriage is every single week, once a week, we go out on a date. And that's just something that I've decided that we're going to do. And my parents always did it. And I just knew that it really helped their relationship. And so I just decided that that was like um, a non-negotiable for us. And so sometimes, you know, when things are crazy, maybe we have to do that date at home when our kids are sleeping. But most of the time we were able to, to figure it out. Even when we were like poor students, we could, you know, swap babysitting or, you know, get somebody to help out or families or whatever. So we were always able to figure this out. And my kids just know like, okay, it's Friday. This is what's happening. Like they're just, they're just so prone to that. And I think that they can also see how much it helps us. And so it's not something that they complain about it or argue about or are mad when we're leaving. And then I don't feel guilty either. I'm like, we go, I love it. I know it helps me. I know it helps my husband and my kids are used to that just being our time. And so um, I think that they can see over time when you do those things for you, how it does help you how it does inspire you and encourage you. And um, I think of, uh, I like the question that you asked about what do you want? Because I think it is very individual, right? Like for me, if I were thinking, okay, what would I want for self-care? Like my ultimate self-care would probably just be like sitting quietly on my own and like reading a book or like um, being out and on a walk by myself. And like, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be super time consuming, but just think about things that you think that you would enjoy. And if you're struggling to think about things you think you enjoy, think about a time when you did take time for yourself. Like what Melva said, like, what did you used to enjoy doing? Was it, you know, getting dressed up fancy and doing your makeup? Was it, um, I don't know, yoga or running? Like what are some things that you used to love doing before you had kids? And just try implementing those regularly throughout the week and see what changes and what shifts for you. Because just like we've been talking about this whole conversation, self-care is so important to being the kind of parent that we want to be. And when we talk about being better, it doesn't mean being perfect, but it means feeling good about your parenting and enjoying your motherhood. Right. I'm going to give you a sentence um, that might hurt someone in the sense of kind of a little pinch in the side of the hand. So when we think about all of the things that we're doing at home, um, I don't mean to be mean or I don't mean to be rude, but just a little bit of a perspective shift is what I'm asking for. If we think about scrubbing the toilets or cleaning the kitchen or making sure that the cushions on the sofa are laid out and then we're running around taking care of our kids, are you mean sometimes working at the same time as being a mom or a dad? 
And then we think about self-care and we try to compare. Compare the last time when you took care of your own body and you took care of your own mental state versus the last time you scrubbed the toilet. Do you take care of the toilet more often than you take care of yourself? Do you take care of the kitchen more often than you take care of your own mental state? Do you take care of the sofa more often than you take care of your hair, nails, body, mind, whatever you want, relationship? Maybe self-care is like Crystal Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, that date night with your partner. If you can say honestly to yourself, yeah, I scrub the toilets every week, but the last time I did my nails, God, I don't remember. I just bite them off and I want to have nice nails, well, maybe this is the time to leave that toilet alone and do your nails. Mm -hmm. If you, for example, want to read a book, you've been meaning to watch a Netflix show, or you've been meaning to read that book that's on the shelf. I'm not telling you to sit down and read the whole thing, but you will spend, I'm guessing, 25 minutes cleaning the kitchen. The kitchen can wait. It's going to get dirty anyway. Might as well can wait. Now it's mama's time to read. 25 minutes, I'm reading. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. And that is completely fine. So think about it. Are you treating your life, your body, and your mind as well as you're treating the cleaning responsibilities in your house? If not, maybe it's a time to change your perspective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just take a little minute and and think about that for yourself. Whatever that thing is that you are focusing on spending time on, maybe it's spending all of your time on your kids or all your time on cleaning your house. How much time are you spending on you as well? Because without you, none of those things will happen. The house won't get clean. Your kids won't get taken care of, right? You, you need to focus on you too. So thank you so much, Malva, for joining us and for having this conversation and for um, sharing your knowledge and all of these self-care tips for moms. Thank you, Crystal, for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you give it five stars on Apple and check out my monthly membership for moms in the show notes.